You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Alright, hey everybody, we are streaming. Welcome to the show. I am Hody Jones. I'm Lou. And I'm Sam. And this is Enemy of My Enemy. We are going to have more hosts today, just the other hosts are busy doing things like watching their kids' baseball games and things that they like to pretend are more important than this. <laughs> but we have invited a smorgasbord of libertarian thought uh, to the show today because there is a smorgasbord of libertarian thought on this episode. Um, we try to avoid libertarian inside baseball like the plague because, uh, frankly, I think all of our hosts are probably more enthused about libertarian ideology and philosophy than they are about politics. But unfortunately, yeah. when politics becomes national news and when everything's exploding and you choose not to talk about it, people are like, what's with all the silence? Do you not have opinions? Oh, we have some strong opinions over here. Uh, I have reminded all my hosts to try to be as friendly as they can. We are going to have very strong opinions. Some, we will differ probably very strongly on our opinions. Uh, we are all still buddies and friends, and we will try our best to keep it that way. This episode is... For now. Is, <laughs> 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 this will be about the latest round of the LNC drama. Uh, Lou made the beginning of this, her side comments a couple weeks ago, for those of you who caught this episode. This was a piece of her mind, was what was going on in the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire. Um, and that exploded into a whole other... So, so for those who missed those thoughts, basically the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire had some... Uh, one could say controversial statements uh but they had a huge explosion uh Gilletta Jarvis is was is slash was the chair there and uh he said my party has official like uh not officially but uh, basically tacitly given support to the Republicans gave a letter to <laughs> Joe Hen Joe Bishop henchman being like hey this is these guys are basically just Republicans and they're helping the GOP. Um, they are certainly right-leaning. Even after this whole debacle, they posted some stuff talking about how, you know, wokeism is terrible and, and you know, and, and of course their jokes usually tend to uh, dunk on the left side. Jeremy Kaufman in, an, uh, in a podcast with our buddy and fellow contributor to the show who will be here soon, uh, Jacob, talked about how uh, he was really popular. His comments were really popular on Fox News and like how much positive feedback he gets from that crowd. So that is very much like a kind of a directional thing. I understand there's right libertarians, there's left libertarians. I mean, we had the LP Nevada talk about, you know, deal with a lot of, um, I mean, they recently got taken over too, which is hilarious, but uh, they, were they had a lot of pro-socialism type tweets as well. I understand there's a diverse thought of liberty and some are going to be popular with the left and some are going to be popular with the right. And when it's all working like a well-oiled machine, then we kind of get the best of both worlds. We get the libertarian minded Republicans to drop their, you know, social badness. And we get the, you know, liberty minded Democrats to drop their economic badness and they all, and we all hodgepodge together and it's great. And we love each other. And we sing um, Kumbaya. And we sing Kumbaya. And that's just the way I wished it worked. Gall darn it. 
but everything melted down there. Um, Joe Bishop henchman responded in a way that I guess some people say they misinterpreted. Some people say they correctly interpreted. We are going to have difference of opinion on that, I'm sure, but essentially saying if that is the case, then you may select your own new committee and we will rec and you have the treasury and you have the social media controls back and we will just get rid of all those guys and install some new guys. And, uh, and after that, Obviously, uh, there that got to a national level, created a national conversation because they said, does the chair have the power to do that? Can the chair just say, yes, get rid of all these people that the delegates have elected uh, and create your own committee? Uh, Joe Bishop Henchman, the chair of the Libertarian Party, resigned over this uh, controversy, um, which was funny because he was enjoying a really smooth ride up until this point as chair. Uh, yeah. was thinking, everything was going great. Like that was a very hasty decision. It, um, I understand it, but we'll get into the, that more. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, and then the last two bits is uh, after this, two of the biggest uh, defenders of both the Mises Caucus and the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire that sit on the LNC, uh, Karen, um, uh, CAH, yeah, yeah. Karen Ann Harlos and uh, Josh Smith both both had their suspensions called for slash censures called for. Those motions uh, looked like they were about 50-50 as far as passing or not. But after Joe Bishop Henchman stepped down, Ken Mulman ruled that they were out of order. So those motions did not go through. People have different feelings whether they should have been or not. This was very much a mixed bag. There are a lot of people who said, yeah, Joe, should, like two wrongs don't make a right. Both sides were wrong. You step down, you get suspended. Some people say, these people should step down. You did everything right. Some people say the new LP New Hampshire was fine. Some people say the old one wasn't. Lots of different opinions. Um, Lou, I will let you, uh, you're chomping at the bit. Let's go ahead and get your thoughts on it. Uh, we're still waiting on the rest of the hosts, so go ahead and take uh, the normal five to 10 minutes, whatever you want, and give us your thoughts. All right. So, I mean, there there's so much to this story, right? So it's almost hard to know where to start. Um, I do think just a quick, overview of like the New Hampshire situation that sort of devolved into this madness. Um, I am of the opinion that nobody necessarily, whether it was Gilletta Jarvis, uh, JBH, like even Karen Ann, like nobody, I don't think anybody was malicious. Nobody had malintent, right? Um, I believe that Gilletta felt that she was doing the right thing. I don't, um, you know, in response to what was happening. And I will say like, as someone who is not Mises and like intentionally not Mises, like I dipped my toe in that pool for about five minutes a couple years ago. And I, yeah, <laughs> like I don't get down with the Mises. Um, they are far too socially right for me. Um, and I also, but during that time when I was involved, I know from backroom conversations for a fact that like a takeover was, um, like planned. It was a discussion I had with Heist. I had with Smith, like this was a legitimate discussion. They came to me because I do marketing and, and consulting on those things. And this was a like, how do we go about blah, 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 right? Like, it's just, 
mm, I don't know. So to see now the response like, oh, there's no takeover. Like that just happened naturally. I'm going to call bullshit. Like I was in those backroom meetings. I know what was said. I know the plan. Like it's been obvious and we've known about it for a couple of years now. It started back when Smith was running for chair or well, really before that, honestly. Um, so I believe that Gilletta's response was ill-informed and it it was not handled correctly, but I don't think there was any malintent. I think she thought she was writing a wrong. And um, the letter that JBH wrote to her, while I don't know exactly what was said, but to my understanding, you know, and I know that chairs have had to write letters to like national chair to this and that, um, to like to states and state chairs to county affiliates, like where if there's a tax issue or a registration issue, like they have to write the letter that basically is a confirmation that like, yes, we identify or like we observe them as an official affiliate for whatever. Right. So I think that's where Joe was coming from. I don't believe that he felt or believed or un even necessarily understood the situation. Um, and yeah, Sam, he absolutely did run on purging members. He absolutely did. So <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So I don't think there was any malintent and in true libertarian fashion, it was everything's a conspiracy, right? So everybody has to have the worst of intentions. It must be true. Like, that's just how, and then it blew up from there. And of course, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of the, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sorry. It's been a really long day. Please excuse me. I had to get up at the crack of dawn and drive to Chicago and back. <laughs> so, um, the rule now where everybody doesn't act like jackasses in the meeting, what is the word Decor decorum decorum and it was a d decorum like, don't be a dick i don't know same thing right <laughs> so like this whole decorum thing like i i can appreciate that because not only like just it's setting a good example as leadership but it also helps meetings to move quickly and get more business done so like i'm i'm down with the decorum thing right and i understand that Sorry, Jackie. It was a quick there and back. <laughs> um, but it, I understand, especially like Karen Ann, for example, got very, um, it was very much an emotional response. And I think everybody sort of just immediately got on the defensive and immediately assumed someone they disagreed with was doing it out of, Yes, exactly, Dennis. It's a standard letter. I think the responses were so defensive on either side that it just, it's sort of like a mini example of what's happening in our country politically, right? The left is going way left in response to the right going way right in response to the left going way left. And that we kind of saw that happen in our little microcosm. <laughs> and while technically by the bylaws should Ken have just dismissed the whole thing out of hand, maybe, maybe not, but like 
this is another issue I have is that libertarians constantly preach about, you know, morality versus legality, but then they want to, you know, die on the hill of bylaws. Like even our bylaws aren't always what's best. And as libertarians, it's okay to say, hey, let's pause a minute. And, you know, if someone broke this rule or that rule, like what is truly the best course of action? Um, I know Karen Ann has an ability to rub people the wrong way. I, uh, I have a big soft spot for her. I consider her a friend. I do not agree necessarily with some of the ways she reacted and responded and some of the things she said. Um, but as I wouldn't be a friend if I just agreed with everything she ever did. Right. That's not a friend. Um, do I think she needed to be suspended? I don't know. Like censure is good right like just a slap on the hand like hey let's chill i like i get that and everything just got so out of control and all these libertarians sort of lost their i feel like they lost their way right as far as like principles go because we're honoring bylaws and this and that when really the moral thing to do may not be what the bylaws say you know, do we need to be that strict? No, because that's literally what makes us libertarians. And then I think Joe resigning was hasty. I feel really bad for Tucker resigning. I understand it, though. He felt similar to me on the issue. But being the District 8 or like the Region 8 rep, like that was a problem. So I get it. It's just, it's hard too. And the irony is not lost on me that we, yeah, Jared, I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> um, the irony is not lost on me that we had two of our most active, prominent, and hardworking gay members in the LNC resign during Pride Month. Like the way people treat each other is disgusting. Like, I honestly, there came a point where I kind of felt like every single person on the LNC should be censured or suspended or something because they were all acting like jackasses with the exception of a couple people. Obviously, Laura Ebke can do no wrong. That woman is so cool headed. And even when she's snarky, it's lighthearted and funny. <laughs> um, I just I really appreciate and respect her cool head through all of this um even though there was things i didn't agree with but she was such an adult about it <laughs> so this whole thing has been really intense um i just i'm frustrated and it's really made me sort of distance myself from the party even more so than i already had so yeah. Thank you for your comments, Lou. Now, Sam, uh, this is maybe the perfect transition here. Ready for some whiplash, everybody? Sam is a member of the Mises Caucus, and uh, he got to speak, actually, during uh, during some of these meetings. You may have heard him on Zoom before. Sam is, uh, Sam is driving right now, but we appreciate his voice, so you're going to deal with a little bit of static, but it's worth it. Sam, Sam go ahead, buddy. Unmute yourself, and let's hear what you got to say. All right. Um 
So Jacob, he's going to be hopping on here pretty soon. And he's also a Mises guy, and he'll be a lot more informed than I am. But I just want to say that the whole, I mean, the whole the letter, you know, how it was just a confusion and how it was all that, like, the chair of the Libertarian Party could have cleared that up really easily. He could have just said, hey, I'm, I don't believe there's one affiliate in New Hampshire, and that's not what this letter means. It would have been easy to clear up. He didn't have to vote to uh, affiliate New Hampshire. Um, so I, I just I think it's uh, right that he resigned. And uh, you know, there's some other issues be before where they pulled the the um, uh, they get, I guess people would get paid for people who affiliate link. For, people would get paid for if they brought people into the party and they were able to keep track of it. I guess he also pulled that you know immediately after Dave Smith joined, which is kind of or got the affiliate link, which was, you could say, oh, it was just happenstance, but it, it seems very odd that the moment the, the largest uh, recruiter for the party joins, something like that happens. So there's been stuff going on for a while, and I think that's, uh, you know, there's been infighting. Like, there's no other way to put it. Um, as far as you know, Caroline Harlos, I, I said in the meeting that she's crazy. But she's kind of the perfect kind of crazy for the job. She knows Robert rules ridiculously well. And uh, she's very passionate. Almost too passionate. If that's possible, but it's not. So she's just very passionate about what she does. And she really wears her heart on her sleeve, I think. Um, let's see, what else? Yeah, as far as the New Hampshire tweets... I, I kind of compared it to Herman um, Supreme, where he wears a boot on his head. He's just a very silly, silly man in a sort of strategic manner. I don't really approve of that. I don't approve of the New Hampshire tweets. Yeah, I can argue that the New Hampshire tweets are worse than, you know, Vermin Supreme, but both of them, in, in, in a lot of perspectives, look bad on the party, but also have huge outreach. I mean, I think his, uh, his uh, impressions from his Twitter. Uh, up 10,000%. So, like, people who didn't know who New Hampshire was now know who New Hampshire Libertarian Party was, for better or for worse. Um, and he also made the point that, uh, you know, you're recruiting sort of hardcore people. Uh, all the blue check marks, of course, are going to be pushed away, and a lot of the people who aren't really into politics are... You're going to push people... You're going to make people decide, or at least hear about what Libertarian Party is. Like I said, I don't approve of his tweets. I don't think it's a great strategy. But to affiliates, like I work really hard for Minnesota. I started an affiliate in Minnesota. I'm on the, the EC in Minnesota, like put in way too much time. And to have, if some national came and just said, yep, we're going to disaffiliate you because we don't like your strategy, I'd, I'd be pretty upset. Um, the other thing is the chair of the New Hampshire didn't reach out to the social media According to him, to the social media guy, whatever, I can't remember his name. Um, the, the Jeremy the, Kaufman. That guy, yeah. Uh, the chair of the Libertarian Party didn't reach out to him. There is no, like, there are options, and, you know, you don't have to do this weird bend over backwards, break all the rules, piss everyone off methods of taking care of things. Like, you can just literally tell them, knock it off, and, you know, try to work that way. And if you want to disaffiliate, um, you can do it the proper way, which I think they eventually tried to do. But you don't just write a letter and 
tell them that, yeah, you can steal everything and that's okay. Like, that's something he should have cleared up right away. He um, did. I'm going to guess he missed it, but he wrote, like, a 20-paragraph explanation of what the letter was, and it is a form letter. And it did not say, like, when the chair of an affiliate comes to you and says, hey, I need a letter stating that, like, I'm the chair. Cool. Like, they do that all the time. And he did explain it in detail. So he told, he said which affiliate was the correct affiliate, and that the church gave all the assets back. Right. Under the impression that Gillette Jarvis is the chair. So, okay. no. Okay. Yeah. He didn't understand what was really happening. I really do not. Okay. Yeah, we'll have to. All right. That, that might be possible. Um, what else? <laughs> I know Jacob's going to be jumping on here. So I hope he jumps on because he knows a little bit more about all this than I do. Um, yeah, I guess that's pretty much all I have. No problem. No problem. I appreciate your thoughts. Um, in fact, to back you up a little bit, Sam, uh, if you want to throw yourself on the mute again, buddy, but if you do have something to say, go ahead and unmute and you can chime in. Okay. As far as that being like a form letter, I have seen... The letters affirming that people are chairs before, they're usually a lot less descriptive about being able to kick out all the other members and seize control of the account and, and do the social media and, and select your own members. I know it was the supposition that the if the if the rest of your team has resigned, that you have that power, right? And I understand that may be technically true, but it was it was very clear from the get-go this was what was effectively resigning versus actually resigning. Now, I have no I have no good things. I have basically zero good things to say about Jeremy Kaufman. I have I have basically nothing. Here's the thing. When you advocate some say he is a pedophile, some say he just advocated pe pedophile, some say he socially solicited minors, some say it was a joke that he felt like he was taken too far or something like that. What he said about the 15-year-old gargling his hog was absolutely inexcusable. And you just, and, and to back it up, when you then say, if you get called out and you're messing around, like, oh, I was just telling him to like suck my dick, whatever, it was supposed to be funny. If you then go on to say, no, no, he's able to consent because he's able to do these things. He's clearly capable of consenting. Yeah, that's pedophilia advocacy. And uh, boy, there's very few things you should kind of get burned at the stake over, but I would say that's one of them. Um, I, I Kaufman has admitted to shit posting, I guess, and some of the jokes involve uh, some real uh, keeping open Gitmo and sending people that we don't like there. Um, I'm thinking that that's kind of hilarious. Uh, I I don't and and of course Kaufman. Here's the thing: Kaufman on his own Twitter, it, you don't you wouldn't say this guy's anywhere close to a libertarian. In fact, he's frequently dunked on the Libertarian Party. And libertarians in general, just being like, and uh, tried to recruit Republicans to the New Hampshire party. Actually. Yeah, right, sure. And and now here's the thing. And there's a lot of I am fine with trying to take away Bernie voters, take away Republican voters, and make them libertarian. Oh, I you know, wanted them to continue to be Republicans, and also vote for him as a Republican. Sure, sure. So like, 
I have no, I, I have very little good things to say about the guy. I could dunk on him all day. He makes himself dunk onable. Frankly, if you don't see it with Kaufman, I don't know what to tell you. That's that's just one we're all politely agree to disagree on. Uh, he, I find him. Uh, he's, a, I mean, he's a what race realist, which in in normal terminology is just a racist uh, assigning IQs to some the melanin in somebody's skin is racist. It's just. It is. And having somebody like that in charge of your social media is stupid. And here's the thing. You may be able to twist it around and say, well, no, maybe he's not technically racist. Maybe when he cited this study that's trying to tie race to melanin, he actually means like their backgrounds or like give him like the maximum benefit of the doubt. Here's the thing. He's in charge of the messaging. Yeah, he's in charge. So if what it sounds to everybody is racist, it then as a as a communicator, <laughs> you should be aware of this, right? If you've communicated to the world that you're a pedophile and then you're like, well, maybe technically not, you are you, as, as a messenger, <laughs> yeah. you've messaged that you're a pedophile and you should be aware, oh, okay, I've advocated for pedophilia now. You're in charge of the messaging, for goodness sake, that's your job. If he was like the treasurer or something and was doing a great job, then that's one thing. Okay, that's Kaufman. Other part about the LPNH. Apparently the treasurer forgot to file that the party <laughs> is a party in the state of New Hampshire. And I guess they found out about this before somebody else and somebody else could have realistically actually filed to be the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire. Nobody else did. Crisis averted or whatever. But the treasurer did effectively not do their job. And Jarvis said that, hey, I told them to. They didn't do it. I don't know what to do, right? And that is something... That is something that warrants the investigation. As far as the JBH letter, that was very much like a, <laughs> uh, again, with the messaging, right? You're the chair of the party. You have to be good at this type of thing. I read that as a normal, in fact, as a friend of Joe Bishop Henchman, as somebody who's loved him since the moment he took over. Um, I read that and was like, oh, okay. So the LPNH is disaffiliated and Jarvis gets to choose the new one. And everybody, well, no, oh, I didn't mean to do that. And, and you know, maybe- Maybe Lou, maybe you're right. He just had no clue what he was writing or whatever. It I did don't think not he was sound as aware of the situation in New Hampshire and the verbiage he used in the letter until it all kind of came together. That's yeah. I yeah. agree, Jared. Yeah. So so here's the thing. I, I think for me, appropriate for Joe Bishop Henchman to step down. Certainly. I, I think you have a mistake that kind of assumes that. Sorry, Will, the delegates, like your whole party's replaced and this person's kind of the main person uh, without further explanation. And like you said, Lou, he did give further like, oh, I would have written that to any chair and I didn't mean to say that that. But it certainly was one of those like me upon viewing it and including Jarvis herself, among many of the other people, assumed that the intent was, yeah, you guys are out. Here's my new committee. Here's the new, you know, I'm taking over the social media handle. I'm taking over the the treasury and it's done and then you say well wait that's not exactly what i meant it's like well the person you wrote it to assume that's what you meant i assume that's what you meant a lot of the lpmc people assume yeah. that's what you meant that's it's, tough it certainly was not handled well right i do not think there was any malicious and i don't think that the technicalities of it were fully understood until it started to happen Right. So I think for me, appropriate there, I do find the the reason I even bring up Kaufman and the treasurer, has the LPNH been beyond a shadow of a doubt, verifiably 
incompetent. 100%. I, I and this is an opinion, but absolutely, <laughs> I think when you put a race realist and a pedophile in charge of your social media, somebody who has been actively against li- the Libertarian Party and pro, I, I don't have a problem with pro Republican because I understand like people reach out to Bernie voters, people pe- reach out to Trump voters, you try to make them whatever. But when your messaging is actually like, no, I am down, like Fox News loves, I'm popular on Fox News, and the CNN hates me, and that's awesome. I'm okay with you reaching out to the Republicans, but then you have a problem with people reaching out to the Bernie Sanders voters, the Democrats. Like, obviously, at that point, you have an agenda, you know, and and your agenda is a lot of that. I don't have a problem with people living a culturally conservative lifestyle. You're not a bigot if you feel like doing it. I live a culturally conservative lifestyle. I am the straightest, whitest, malest, Christianist person ever. And I just am the, like, I am every person's oppressor throughout history. I'm sorry. I don't know why, but that is who I am. And I understand, and I live a life that is reflective of that. I I love mayonnaise and everything you make fun of me there. I, I, I love being ignorant of people's problems around me. Like, I get it. Like, I do all the white stereotypes that you would think. But I also recognize that everybody else has a right to live their life the way they want. And when you disparage those lifestyles and you just say, I mean, we're watching people just say the most basic thing, like I stand for trans rights and just an onslaught from these types saying you are the most disgusting, you know, look at this wokeism. Look at you, you know, like this is what Marx wants you to do. Like, come on, man. You think Marx is all up on your trans rights? Like read some more Marx first and get back to me on that one. I just go ahead. There are two types of people. There's like, there's the anti-woke people and then there's the woke people. And I feel like both extremes are just crazy. Like there's, there's people, if you say something woke, which like I'm against all corporate nonsense i'm against that but then there's the other people that just get triggered the opposite way where if you say anything even remotely sounding corporate that are just all up in arms about how it, you're just woke and it's like just just calm down i don't that's my opinion oh and someone asked my twitter handle i'm not very popular on twitter but it is uh, uh stay classical so. Oh, okay. Stay classical. There you go. Um, you remember the LPMC? We already know you're not very popular on Twitter. That's that's a given. I'm kidding, Sam. I'm just joking with you. Um, <laughs> uh, hang on. Jacob is joining us. I, I'm going to no, have him on. No? Well, Sorry, let me Jared. Up, Sorry. Let me finish up my shtick real quick. Sam, if you could throw yourself back on the mute just for, uh, for, for fun. I appreciate that. Um, just to finish this off, the right thing to do here was to have an investigative committee an impartial, unbiased investigative committee, because a lot of what we're going to talk about today is suppositional. I don't know the order of operations with the Jarvis and Henchman letters, which is actually rather important to this discussion. I, I don't know the details of that, the treasure not filing, forgetting to file. Did they mess up the paperwork? Did they try to file? I don't know. I don't know. I just know they didn't. But like, I can understand if they like tried and made a mistake. Okay. That's a lot different than being told to file and then just being like, nah, I'm just going to you know, smoke weed and get popular on Fox News, right? That's, that's totally different. Like, and so here was the problem. Tyler Smith, whom I love, who is also running for chair next time, pitches this idea. Secretary. Everybody's uh, secretary. Sorry. What did I say? Chair. chair? Oh, geez. Don't, no, he don't, don't want to do that. that. I don't put that him. evil on him. No, no. You know, Tyler <laughs> Smith pitches this idea. Everybody loves it. 
They're like, oh, thank you so much, Tyler. That's a great idea. That's against the bylaws. Okay. Your bylaws suck. <laughs> That's the result of your bylaws. And it sucks for everybody. It sucks for both sides that, that no, you can't investigate the Joe Bishop henchman, Jilla Jarvis thing. No, you can't investigate the New Hampshire thing. No, you can't investigate any of this stuff. Okay. And then they, what, what they tried, but there were some LNC members that said, if I'm not on the committee though, then no committee, then I, then I won't vote to change the bylaws or create anything that would allow for an investigation into this. That sucks. And I feel like that's the most common sense thing. Here's the thing is I feel that these bylaws prevented a very common sense thing from happening. As a result, I'm kind of done with the whole shtick. Um, I'm gonna, I guess I'll elaborate more on this later because uh, I don't want to go too far over my time, and I do want to give Jacob a chance to talk here. But I am done personally. I'm kind of done with the political mechanism. Uh, Chris Spangle had some fantastic guests on his show. Been uh, combined, get this, 153 years of LNC leadership on the show to talk about it. And they brought up some amazing things, one of which this isn't even the worst fight the Libertarian Party has had. A lot of people look up 1983. They're like, oh, this isn't even bad as, I don't know, like 1990 or something like that. Like they were like, oh, this, this happens all the time. Like they were very like, hey, if you know, you want to beat them, you outwork them, you have to do this. These are the rules. They show up. These are this. And they're very like, eh, I can let it go. I'm not the person that can let it go like that. And... The other thing that they mentioned was uh, they talked about the Michael Malice tweet that I don't know a single person that's been converted by the Libertarian Party. They're like, yeah, that's of course, that's not our job. We don't want to do that. Like, that's not what the party is here for. I am much more interested in the evangelism. I'm much more interested in the philosophy. I'm much more interested in the ideas. I'm not very interested in trying to win elections because, frankly, we we lose we're very good at losing all the elections. We do win some. In fact, we have especially recently begun winning more and more. My congratulations to a lot of these people who are winning more. But what it takes to get there for me just isn't worth it. I don't want to disparage anybody that it is for. Because the, that was kind of what I learned from the show when I was listening to some of these guys talk was just there. there is, there is a type of person that is designed for politics that is really good at it, that is really good at letting letting it roll off, that understand, yeah, this is a heated disagreement, but I'm not going to let it get the best of me. I'm not that person. I'm, I am a person that is more interested in, I just want the ideas. I just want the unity. And I find that my biggest divisions, including this subject, is all comes down to politics. It all comes down to these little itty bitty bylaws, itty, itty bitty things. And because the middle ground wasn't allowed, we weren't allowed to just say, hey, let's have an investigation and see what they find and have their informed opinions inform us on what to do. Because that wasn't allowed, you had to choose one of two extremes. These guys were right or these guys were right. Look at the people who tried to say both sides. Look what happened to them who said, yeah, I think he should have stepped down and uh, she is way out of order as far as decorum goes. Crucified. Or no, he deserves to stay his chair and she did nothing wrong. Crucified. Just the outrage and the hatred and the anger. I mean, it's crossed from veiled threats to political threats to physical threats. I remember talking, I contacted, I tried to contact every member of the LNC. And I was like, hey, is Nick Sarwark ever like threatened you, you know, made you to, into a position? And like, it, it was all but like two or three of them. And of the ones I got a hold of, um, and I got a hold of most of them, but all, all but two or three of them were like, yeah, yes, he has threatened me. And I remember hearing that and I was just like, wow, 
what did he say? And I like, oh, just said I'd never get a job in politics again, that this would be the end of my, he would oppose me on everything I did. This was terrible. And I remember hearing that. And that was a huge reason people, in fact, started the LPMC and was like, hey, let's, we got to get rid of Nick Sarwark. Look at these threatening people. Like, that's not cool. You can't be doing that, like, and to get your way. And I was like, okay, that, you know what, with so many people sharing the same experience with him, I don't, I don't know. I have no proof. My only proof is asking a bunch of people and them saying yes. Yes, he did. I didn't like it. But now we have people very publicly saying, if you do this, it will be the last political thing you do. I will end you. You will never get a job in politics again. Spreading it around emails. They don't even care to make it. At least Nick had the decency to make it private, right? <laughs> now it's just open veiled threats. It's, it's become physical. The people who have LNC experience say, this is just another cycle. This is just another part of the cycle. This happens all the time. People wash out. They were very encouraging and saying, you know what? If you need to take a break, it happens all the time. We rotate front line warriors all the time. Step out for a few years, come back when you feel like it. We welcome that. I'm not looking for something that makes me feel like that every few years. And I'm not looking forward to being a part of the cycle. So personally, I am, I am done with libertarian politics. And I will probably just be just be hody and talking about libertarian philosophy. The libertarian movement is still very strong. The liberty movement in general is very strong and it's going stronger than ever. And that's how I feel. And with that, we're going to wreck all those good feelings by bringing on Jacob. Jacob, how you doing? <laughs> Jacob, welcome. You know, you know, what I heard there in your rant was you care less about uh, electing libertarians than you do growing the movement and messaging. Uh, I want to welcome you into the Mises Caucus, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> You're hilarious, Jacob. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, uh, but thank you. I mean, I have I have good relationships with Sam, Jacob, two of my favorite people, two of the first people uh, that I thought of when I was when they when they were like, "Hey, we need to expand to get right and left libertarians." I was just like, "Oh man, I have two guys that I've." great relationships with i put it out there on facebook and they're both like yeah i'd love to be a part of it and i was like oh good i like these people fantastic so like i don't i don't have a triggered response that some people do about the mises caucus i know what people are talking about when they say they have a problem with it but it's a good relationship i have with them um half of them i have the same relationship with like the audacious caucus there's like four of them that i love and the other four or five i think it's still a caucus right but I'm, I've, I think I've got blocked or something, and I just don't yeah, let I it get to me. You definitely get it from yeah. you definitely get it from both sides. You get it from people who are maybe like way more partisan with the Mises Caucus than I am, where they're just like you know, uh, and because you're friendly with people who are very critical, um, they'll lump you in. Um, sure. But then on the other side, when you're not like you know sitting there calling for the Mises caucus to be launched into a volcano like the volcano like the other yeah. people are then they're like what's wrong with you like you're just a you know like just like they're going after spike like and and, and even amash being like right. over this whole thing like well well they're taking Mises side you know they're 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 canceled too now i mean it's just ridiculous right it's like, like nuance I, is not allowed yeah. right i remember when spike have. For sure, Spike called for pretty much the same thing I did, and I was just like, and when I saw the res response he got, I was like, maybe I'll be quieter about this then. Uh, never mind. Uh, but I mean, Jacob, talk about getting it from both sides. I mean, you post something that's just like, oh, bigotry sucks, bro, and I'm just like, well, Jacob's dead. Everybody say goodbye to him on Twitter <laughs> for the day, <laughs> anyway. But Jacob, I'm gonna give you some unadulterated time to yourself. Uh, take all the time you want. We're just doing 
five, 10 minutes, whatever you want. Talk about, uh, talk about your feelings on the whole situation. Oh boy. Well, I mean, I don't even know where to start. Um, I mean, there you don't have really... to start if you don't want. You can just let us win. <laughs> well, no, I'm kidding. It <laughs> there, there, it, it, it's, it's possible for there to be situations in life. And in fact, I think most situations, situations in life are like this, where there's nobody who is completely innocent or nobody who did everything perfectly correct. Like hindsight's twenty twenty. people, especially in political climates like the LNC and like all this stuff, like they will be pushed into uh, positions where they're going to act defensively, where they're going to act kind of like in a political tribal uh, fashion. It, it's not perfect. It's easy to kind of like look back or like from the outside looking in, uh, be judgmental of people, not understand why they uh, were acting certain ways. Um, but but then like, you know, I always kind of try to put myself in their shoes. And I think we can all um, remember to points in our life where we were probably put in really uncomfortable positions. And we look back and go, ugh, like, you know, I was way too defensive. I was way too hot. I wish I, you know, would have had the you know, like the, the, the wisdom then to kind of like take a step back and calm down. So, you know, I think that that's kind of my initial perspective. Like when I'm reading the LNC email list, when I'm watching the people going back and forth on Twitter, on Facebook, it's uh, I tend not to get too reactionary either way. Um, but I, I will say, like, I was really upset over where a lot of the focus went. And it felt like a lot of the focus went and it's on both sides. Like, so on on one side, you had people who were really upset about decorum. And it wasn't even just with Karen Ann Harlos. It goes all the way back to being upset with, like, the tone of the messaging of the LPNH. Um, and then on the other side, you have people who were, uh, like, very upset with the rhetoric of the other people um, who were like, oh, well, they're they're just being anti-Mises caucus. They're being uh, like, like everyone's focusing on words. And to me, the whole time I was like the biggest scandal, the biggest part of it that I don't not that nobody talked about it, but just it wasn't talked about enough. Was that like there was some actual theft that happened that was a really big deal. I mean, people and and not just like the physical property of the of the uh, LPNH, but like data and like th 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 there were members of the LPNH had their data basically copied and given to a second uh, faux affiliate. And that's not just like their addresses and contact info. It's like a lot of their credit card information. No, it's not. Absolutely not. And stuff. 100% false. Well, that's, that's, that's what I've heard. So, well, I, mean, I used I'm, I'm to, to, I, I used to work in processing and I can tell you like from a PCI standpoint, they never had credit card data to give or take to anybody. It's tokenized and kept with the processor. LPNH didn't have that data. Nobody did. That is complete bullshit. And I'm like, that's one of those like paranoid things libertarians do, right? It's all a conspiracy and everybody stole their credit. They never had the credit card data to take. Like, no, that's not how that works at all. Sorry. I mean, I just, it's possible, that it's drives possible me crazy. I'm wrong on that. I'm just going off of some people that, that have, have said otherwise. So, but it, I, I'm, <laughs> I I'm, I'm not you. going to. If only there was an investigated committee that could find out. Anyhow, that continue, Jake. <laughs> and not a single member of the LP ever. Yes. Sure, 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 sure. But the stealing of, of the actual like property and stuff and that was returned and, and, and other things definitely was a big deal for me as well. And um, I don't know. It just, it just seemed like people got too focused into the tribalism part of it and not enough into like, well, let's actually investigate like the actual actions of what happened. And um, I now I do defend 
Karen Ann Harlos. I don't understand where the outrage towards her is coming from personally. Um, people have said that she's been rude and, and broken decorum. And like, yeah, I get that. Karen Ann's always kind of been that way. Kind of like, you know, she's she's real real quick with the F-bombs and real quick with the, you know, like the, the, the very colorful metaphors. That's not my style. Um, but I, I did think it was in poor taste to be like, well, let's focus on Karen Ann being disruptive and not like let's focus on let's actually like, you know, dive into what happened and get that solved. And then maybe, you know, maybe like, you know, weeks later or a month or two later, if Karen Ann's still being disruptive, then we bring it up then. The way it happened, it just looked like, oh, we're mad at the person who was doing all the whistleblowing and mad at the person who was calling people out. And it, it, and also like the way, like I got really upset, like with the way that I, I thought it was just petty, like JBH resigns. And then as he's resigning, he's like, oh, but just before I, b before I quit, quit here i'm gonna vote karen and harless out nope i'm done i'm like uh, to me that's some uh, like that's just petty shit i'm sorry like i'm just like if you're quitting you're quitting okay if you're gonna stay if you want to stay and vote that's fine but if you're resigning don't be like i'm gonna resign but quickly try to vote out the person who like it's just i don't know i, I felt that was petty um you know at the end of the day i think this was you know one, one of my favorite sayings is this prevention is better than cure and that's something we have to talk about, too, which is not just, okay, like, this happened, should should we have an investigation, how's best the best way to do the investigation? Like, that's all important, but for me, I'm also kind of like, well, how can, how could, how could have this not happened in the first place? Like, what do we, what do we have to establish to prevent this from happening again? And I think that the two things that need to happen is that there needs to be um, better communication between affiliates and people within the affiliates but also i just think that we have to push back against um these like social media mob mentalities and i think that happens again it's something that happens on both sides people get so caught up and so reactionary there's not enough people taking time to stop and think not enough people who are like willing to like admit like you know i don't have all the facts i could be wrong and you know what like you know just like here live on, on, on the air, I was challenged on a claim that I made. And I went, you know what? It's possible I'm wrong on that. Like, it's not it's not wrong or uh, a, a judgment of your character or your intellect to kind of go like, you know what? Maybe I could be wrong about this. Maybe I need to do a little bit more investigation. Maybe I, I need to find out more of the facts and, and, and not be so quick to jump to conclusions. And so that's that's part of it too um is is that we, we we do need better communication but we also just we have to stop dealing in uh outrage and counter out outrage and they did this and they did that and it's just like if the libertarian party is ever going to be effective it has to get out of this cycle and it's an endless cycle and we can take any fraction of time and then go okay well starting at this point to this point these people were in the wrong and then it's like okay but what if you go farther back what if you go farther back and it's like, oh, well, you know, it just keeps happening. Like these people were shitty, which caused these people to react shittily, which then caused these people to, to be angry and, and say this or do this. And it's like you can just keep you can like how, how far back do you want to go? And, you know, so I, I think that at some point people have to uh, remember social media isn't real life. Remember, Twitter, especially it's not real life. Remember, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? And and, um, you know, try try to like. If everybody could, like, every time they go to post something on social media, like, type it out as a draft, walk away, come back an hour later and still, and, like, ask, like, if you still feel like it's a good post, then make it. 
as opposed to making it right away. You know, like we need to work on our impulse control a little bit. I think a lot of us get a little bit too caught up in that dopamine rush of like, ah, I got to put the tweet out right away. And it's like a race yeah. and it's like, got to type it out now because it's, you know, you're trying to, to get all the reactions and stuff. But it's like, are you actually acting in a frame of mind? In, in that moment where you're you're acting primarily with your rational brain and, and thinking things through and considered all the facts, um, you know, so there's there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of things that we need to improve upon as a party, as a movement, if we're ever going to get anything done. And I think this was an inevitable like this kind of scandal was probably inevitable with like the way that the, the culture of the party was leading up to it. And Absolutely. Like, if it didn't happen in New Hampshire, it was going to happen somewhere else eventually. So we, we have to learn these lessons. Like, yes, we, we should want to hold people accountable. If people abused power, if people broke laws, if, you know, whatever wrongdoing there was, that does need to be addressed. But I'm more folk, I'm more concerned about, like, why did it happen? How did it happen? How do we prevent that from happening in the future? And... um as much as like I might have my own personal biases and I might sympathize more with one side than another, I always think that when these it's kind of like um in 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 a marriage, it's like if you're um like with the scenario of like a spouse cheating on another spouse, like you can say in that situation, well, nothing justifies cheating, but in most marriage like in most broken marriages where where like one person cheats, there's things that you can look at from the other spouse who didn't cheat and be like, okay, but were you also putting in 100% of effort into the marriage? Were you doing your best to make sure that you were loving and nurturing to your other spouse? And it's like, um, you know, like, you know, cause, like I know like in my own parents' marriage, that's what happened. My mom cheated on my dad, and I'm not going to justify what my mom did, but I do know that my dad was, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of things he could have done for years leading up to that, that could have averted her getting to the point where she did that. So, you know, it's like, do we want to act in mindsets where it's always about uh, find the person who did the wrong thing and blast them and, and be shitty to them and be like, you know, put them on display to the world to talk about how bad they were? Or do we want to, like, work together to avoid these bad things from happening in the first place? So I'll end on that. Yeah, that's fair. I think the... Uh... You know, I think the Karen Ann Harlow's situation, um, I think the thing is, is uh, it, it was, and I think you're right about this, it was kind of like the worst time to bring it up because she had been like this forever, you know? She had been calling people rat Fs and flipping people off and telling pe people to sodomize themselves with barbed dildos forever. It's been unacceptable for forever. Everybody knows it. You know, anybody watched uh, Game of Thrones, right? Like, Daenerys, you're like, oh, yes, it's the bad guy on our side. It's the bad guy on our side. And then the bad guy does the bad guy thing. But to, to your side, and you're like, oh, is this what <laughs> is it? Oh, this is what she is. Oh, OK. You know, and like, yeah, like the terrible, the threats. I, I've hated it forever. Like, I, I mean, it's funny. Some people are going back to 2017. But I just remember these. Um, the like she would dish it out so hard and then somebody would respond to just be like, listen, that's not the way to do things. It's like, how dare you to speak to me that way? I've told you all I get triggered and hurt and easily damaged by any amount of criticism. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, she kills me. Like she's gonna drive me crazy. But when you call for, when you don't call for it then and you call for it now, it certainly makes it like transparent what you're doing, right? You like the bad guy on your side. You don't like the bad guy not on your side. And uh, 
Yeah, it, it was a, it, it's one of those, I, I understand the, some people can think that's, I'm sure that is a matter, a true matter of opinion, whether you think that kind of thing is funny or acceptable or whatever, if you would love to deal with her or hate to deal with her. Um, personally, I would not like to, but I do understand that there are people who are like, oh, it's hilarious. Like, it's just funny. It's whatever. You know what I mean? And I, I guess that that is something that's going to be personal to each of us as well. But yeah, the vote was certainly at a time where you just kind of say it had gotten really bad, but it is kind of one of those. It's like, it's been bad forever. So why now? Is it because she called herself the den mother of the Mises caucus and started taking a side on this issue? Or is it because, or is it be actually because of her attitude? Because right now with the timing, it seems like, it seems like the Mises caucus thing and not the attitude thing. Right. I kind of, to, kind of follow up on that like as far as specifically um jbh making like the motion to suspend her right and then sort of like i don't think it was jbh that made the motion it wasn't that was that's the thing yeah. a lot of people yeah. are misinterpreting this it was right. somebody else's motion however to start the ballot it could only be the secretary or the chair and given that it was about suspending the secretary she wasn't going to write it. He literally had to. He literally had to. And sure. there were a handful of us who knew three days before he resigned that he was resigning on that day. So that like, okay, if you just kind of watched it happen, like, yeah, it looked really shitty. Um, however, that was just a really unfortunate coincidence of timing. Like, honestly, Several of us knew ahead of time that resigning was in the works and would happen on this day. Then Longstreth made the motion and asked for a email ballot to be written. And then JBH wrote it and resigned exactly when he said he was going to resign, which was before he knew Longstreth was going to make this motion at that time. She wasn't going to write the motion herself. You shouldn't make her write the motion herself. That's shitty. <laughs> like, I, I just think that there was no good way to do it. You should have. There wasn't. Done it there wasn't. Before, before this happened, or when this happened, it should have been like. And, and I, I have. But it wasn't know, up like, to I him. Agreement over if she is a problem. But even if I was going to agree that she was a problem, I would have been telling people like, if we need to remove well, her, did. we need to we need to have space. Like we need to get this resolved after this is resolved and we have some space behind it, then we can talk about that then. Um, but I, I, I don't disagree just... with that. I do think that would have probably been the better way to do this because now the entire focus of all the rage of everybody is on this like whole Karen Ann thing when like, does anybody remember this kind of started with like the Jackie Perry situation? But, like nobody's talking about that anymore. People are barely talking about New Hampshire Aside from, you know, who should be investigating. And I almost feel like, you know how they tell you, like, don't rub your dog's nose in their pee like 10 hours after they peed on your floor because they're not going to remember why. Yeah. Like, yeah. which is kind of why I understand where where Ken is coming from right now. And this sort of like, you know what, guys, at this point, it's stupid. Like, just be done. It's stupid. So, yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it's like. I mean, like, I think that the New Hampshire people, like, if they feel like they have a need or a right to pursue legal action against anyone, like, that's one thing. At this point in the LNC, it's like, it's just, be because the, 
because of the way it's handled, it, it is a little bit hard to kind of go after the fact with an investigation. If there is going to be one, I think it should have been a third party, like out. Absolutely. You know, not not trying to because like at this point, like everyone inside the party is just so polarized and and, yeah. and this has been such an ongoing right. thing it's just it, it's better to we have, have become our own nancy grace like we have yeah. poisoned the pool at this point yeah. <laughs> like you know it doesn't well, is that the, i mean the entire nature of it is we're, di we're we're divided by inches but we're we're we only have our choice of two extremes so yeah. if i'm on this side of just by an inch of you i'm actually really close to you and then i get pulled onto this distant extreme and so we're all out over on the far lefts and far rights as opposed to anywhere close to the middle, uh, the Jackie Perry situation. Yeah, that your uh, your your piece of my mind was about that. I don't think that ever got resolved, really. Um, I mean, she's she's that all kind of went away, and she's back in the party, or, or could be. Like, I don't know if she's chosen to stick around or not. Like, I don't think I would. <laughs> so wrong. Uh, the whole thing with Jackie Perry wasn't Jarvis the chair that would presided over that, and wasn't it over she uh, her doxed Jarvis? Like that's what I've heard. Nobody, okay, nobody doxed Jarvis. People were upset about Kaufman's posts, and as the chair of New Hampshire, like, and people in New Hampshire complaining about it, like they should have absolutely had a way to contact the chair and say, hey, I have a problem with the messaging coming from our state affiliate and you're the chair, right? And so all Jackie did was relay contact information that was already public. So I guess she got upset about that. However, she did say at one point, Gilletta said she wasn't part of the vote. Like the EC voted, but she did not. Correct. But so, was, but like, if it was against the bylaws or done like a, like a like a failure of following procedure, I think it is the chair's responsibility to call the motion out of order. You know what I mean? To be like, no, like this is you know this is either out of order. Or I think she kind of recused procedure. herself because she, it was yeah. personal. She was the vic the victim in this, um, because she was doxed, even though she wasn't. But yeah, the the doxing bit is. Um is rough uh by different here's the thing you can say it was doxing because there's different definitions of doxing it was a public it's publicly available meaning you can look it up but it's it was a it was a private email the one of them was a work email right so is the issue is it's like you could have found it on google but it's not necessarily something that people wanted on Google. Like, please don't blow up my work email box about LP stuff. Like Joetta Jarvis that. mentioned this in the email because she's like, they picked somebody who did something not smart and who nobody likes, right? And so you pick the one person nobody likes and you just say, you know what? Let's make this a first, right? This right. is the whole like Alex Jones, right? Like, let's deplatform Alex Jones. What happens next? You know, first they deplatform sex workers because nobody likes them. Then they deplatform trolls. And then it starts to get more and more mainstream. And as Jackie Perry, as someone who I am loath to be on the side of at any point in my entire life, uh, I would I would not enjoy that. But I unfortunately find myself in a situation where I'm saying if we keep, I mean, there are pedophiles who pay their dues who are still in state parties. Yeah. There, I mean, it's, there are blatant like KKK card holding holding racists in the in libertarian parties that can't be kicked out or disaffiliated it's actually been a conversation for a long time how do we do that how do we kick them out 
Um, should we at all? You know, um, ironically, it's funny how this has shifted hands because it was the Sarwark crowd that was like, yes. no, you need to keep these people in. We keep them in at all costs. And it was the, um, what it was like the fakertarians that were like, no, we need a means of kicking them out. We need to get rid of them. We need to distance right. ourselves from them. Yeah, and then I you have them talking about that in, um, in, in the podcast that they had Nick on. And it's one of the few mm -hmm. times I actually agree with Nick where I was mm -hmm. like, I think the problem is like, don't give power that you wouldn't want your worst enemy to use was Nick's point. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's, it's actually a valid argument, which is like, if you give executives in the party the ability to expunge people, like, you know, <laughs> that might uh, not go in your favor down the road, depending on who gets in charge of that executive power. So it's like, you have to weigh the pros and cons of that, you know, like, if you were worried about some small percentage of racists or bad people in the party, well, what if those like well, hypothetically what if those people get in charge and then they start expunding people who are criticizing them you know what i mean like so uh, that's the problem and i think as libertarians like we should know this like you know p power is easily like you can craft power like craft policy craft institutions to be intended to be used in a productive way but it <laughs> it, it very easily can be put back in the other way um, yeah and it, you no, know, I agree. unless you put in the proper checks and balances um you know you should be really careful about uh you know granting any kind of power and, and without like you know thinking about the um the future consequences that that, that, could, that could bear yeah you know and i the particularly as far as uh as far as jackie goes like there she has probably i think the thing people get riled up about her is her social media and how she behaves on social media right but i also know that girl puts in ridiculous archie get on this show man she puts in ridiculous amounts of work archie says no checks no balances i am the law archie needs to bring his butt on the show he's a contributor to the show and he has an like open the, he has an open invitation to this show right now archie click on the link is that like Get in here, man. By Cohen? It's like, I am the power. It's like, no, I am yeah. the law. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, no, I think like, yeah, she's a shit poster and she rubs people the wrong way and this, that, and the other. And like, I, I understand why people have issues with her. But do you know how many hours that girl spent phone banking for... Um, that's another problem. I can't even remember our presidential candidate's name right now. Uh, what does Joe that Jorgensen? tell you? Joe we Jorgensen? Have bigger issues. Yes, Jorgensen. Thank you. We have bigger issues. I can't even remember her damn name. That's a problem. You wouldn't have forgotten Vermin Supreme's name. I never forget Vermi's name. <laughs> yeah. I love Vermi. You know, I think that's the thing. It's like Perry, Jackie is... From what I understand, she's a great worker. All I know of her is social media. So naturally, my relationship with her is total garbage. It's I think it's funny. Like it's it's the Daenerys thing again. She lies about everybody. You laugh, and then she lies about you, and you're like, oh, I don't. Know. <laughs> no, like there's no you know, shit posters on my side, so you guys need to clean house. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, LPMC is just nothing, nothing but but nice. No, but like I think that's like. Jarvis's point was that they pick somebody who's like the lowest hanging fruit to make an example of. And I do think, as Jacob said, you need to worry about what precedent does that set for the future? Now you're kicking people out. Okay, you kicked out somebody that is universally, except for apparently a couple people in this chat, 
worst enemy. But anyway, you kick out somebody that basically nobody, pretty much nobody likes. And then what happens to national? Oh, well, who's the one state affiliate nobody likes? Okay, well, let's disaffiliate that. Okay, well, who's the chair that nobody likes? Let's get, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay. So all of a sudden, if we're just, if it's just a big fat popularity contest, isn't this the exact problem we have with democracy to begin with? <laughs> that we just start exercising the power of the majority opinion over the minority opinions, even though the minority opinions have the right to speak. And I, 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 here's the thing: I'm willing to. I'm not one of those hardliners, and the reason I'm kind of done, I'm, I'm done with politics at, at the very least for the time being, but maybe permanently going forward, is just because I don't like the cycle. I don't, I don't know how to. I don't want to be a part of the fix-it process. I, I, it looks like a pain. I don't want to be a part of it, even when it's going well. It looks like a pain. Every state state chair has told me they loathe their job. I believe them, and I think that I, I would hate it as well. Um, <laughs> I just really, I think the thing is, is like, you do have to be careful with these things. I do believe, however, like, I understand the, the, the reason behind a good old fashioned bylaws, because I do think that like a bylaw, it, it, you need to come up with some kind of common common ground that we can get all come to arrange. When you play football, you got to play like football with a lot of people. And if you just sit there being like, well, my out of bounds is over here, but your out of bounds can be wherever. It's not really much. It's not really much of a game. You know, it, 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 it becomes not fun. However, there does become an ethical point where you say, Jacob is just you and me and now for a bit. But if you do have like, if you do say like, okay, well, the entire NFL has embraced this policy that, we, they have to wear these helmets that give people concussions. I do think that the anybody or everybody in the NFL is right to say, nope, screw you guys. I'm not doing this anymore. And I think that we can do these when, when, we, when we say, I'm sorry, but the bylaw doesn't allow for an impartial investigative committee to work out these issues. It hurts everybody. And it hurts the whole party. And them, and yes, maybe they can work this out, but apparently it's a cycle that just keeps repeating and repeating and repeating. I don't know. It's climbing to the top of a like tiny small anthill. And I am so sick of fighting with people about that anthill when there's like better things to do in the world. Yeah, I hear where you're coming from. I mean, and we talked about this a, a little bit on, on Facebook over I think the last couple of days, uh, you know, your, your thing about the bylaws and like, you know, you want to do the right thing, even if the bylaws restrict you from doing that. And like, I get where you're coming from. I just think that like there's a distinction and like for me it's like i'm i'm very much in favor of people refusing to follow unjust laws but what that means is like you just you ignore them when you start acting unilaterally without permission or authority and and do things i think that promotes an atmosphere of chaos where it's like you would call for an investigation somebody else would be like no your investigation's invalid i'm calling for an investigation and then other people would be like well no you're, you guys are completely out of order so then it's like because isn't to me like isn't that what jarvis did and like didn't that backfire like haven't we learned from like we should learn from her mistake like because like even like let me take myself like you know take my Mises cap off and let's say that um i would like you know, I'm totally sympathetic to her position and totally like, you know, she like, you know, she had to do something like let's 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 assume all the worst things. So um, and I, I'm looking forward to when these things get uh, taken out of context later. But let's say the Mises caucus is evil. They were taking they took over New Hampshire and it was awful and they're running the party into the ground and just all these awful things. Um, and and it was like 
you know, just terrible. We're, and we're watching this happen, and it's like, you know, God damn it! I can't believe that Mises did this. Um, the the problem with what Jarvis did wouldn't it wouldn't be that like, you know, if she was right, you know, she could be on the right side, but when you try to do the right thing in the wrong way, it becomes the wrong thing. And and when you try to fix a problem by creating a whole new slew of problems because you're acting outside of the scope of what uh, is allowable in that system. Um, it creates this chaos because people say, well, no, you're acting out of bounds. And then other people start acting out of bounds and it just creates this giant mess. Um, so, I mean, I think, you know, like if I was in a position like, like, like Gillette Jarvis and I, and you know, and you genuinely, genuinely think that the New Hampshire affiliate is taken over by these bad actors who are running the party into the ground, like you, you resign. And I think that's what she should have probably done in the first place. And, and uh, maybe maybe resigned and taken to social media and said like like this this is what's going on in New Hampshire, LNC you need to make a move to disaffiliate, and and, and that would have been still controversial, but so much less than what we got. Um, that, and and that's my take. And 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 also I just don't think that you know. Not putting my Mises cat back on, I don't think things were that bad, but I also have an insider perspective. I mean, like, you know, as someone who is in the Mises caucus and, like, saw, like, I was talking about this stuff a lot. Like, I've been on Clubhouse a lot for the last month, and I've been talking to people about this, and people were really upset about the New Hampshire tweets. And it's like, I could get where they were coming from, but I was just like, you know, there's two, two, two perspectives I have on that, which is one, that... Um, even if they were not the best messages and you don't want people to see them, well, when you react in these giant social media mobs, you, you actually, like, are upvoting their exposure. So, like, you know, just advice I've been putting out there for people is if affiliates or anybody on Twitter puts out a messaging that you go, I don't think that's consistent with libertarianism and I don't want people to see it, your, your best bet's to ignore it. Like, it really honestly is, because when you react the way you do and it gets more exposed, because that's how Twitter works. It's like people quoting it, look at this, look how bad it is. People go, they comment, they're outraged. It, it grows in it, how many people are seeing it. And, and so it's like, if, if you think it's a bad message, don't do things that are going to make more people see it. Um, but two, I just, I, don't, I, I think that um, anything that is like a bad message or like a bad starting point can be you, even, even if I would agree that, that messaging could have been better and it absolutely could have been it still was a um like a springboard for positive conversations and i think the best way to respond if you're going to respond to to bad messaging on on social media or or whatever from an affiliate is to if people come to you and because this was happening a lot um and even here at the mises caucus like we we were hearing this people going like this we're, we're getting a lot of people outraged over this messaging messaging and we're having to answer for it and so like it was definitely a problem that was on our attention but we always we were advising people like the way to respond is to go well you know what like i disagree with what they said because they didn't put it well and let me have a conversation with you about what we actually believe you just have to use it as a as a as a as a point to pivot and actually put out the messaging that you want. I think that's the best response you can have. But you're absolutely right about uh, you feed the fire, right? Like the fire is the focal point. If you want the fire to go out, don't throw another log on, right? So when you throw these other logs on, like, I mean, now every Normie in America, no, I, I mean, I shouldn't say every Norman, Normie in America, all our Fox News viewers know very well who J Jeremy Coppin is. He talked about himself on your show, how, 
you know, he, he became very popular among Fox news, got a lot of upvotes and everything. And like, it's like, that's a mainstay. Why is he a mainstay? Because people dug in their heels. He posted a post that got 10,000 likes that had a 200,000 dislikes, you know, and now it doesn't matter. It's all interaction. And it made him famous. And now he's the center of the fire and everybody else is looking around just being like, gosh, dang it. You know what I mean? Like, and so I think, unfortunately, like I, I do try to deal with that. I think there is a certain point where your fire is out of control and you do have to kind of deal with it. Um, when somebody does become like the main, you know, even if I didn't feed the fire, if a bunch of other people did, and then my mom is like, hey, Hody, I saw you, there's this race realist who's in charge of, you know, and of course they always hear something wrong, right? So they're like, I hear they're in charge of the Libertarian Party. And you're just like, uh, no, no, it's a, it's a state affiliate that is struggling and he's the worst part of it. And mom, just please don't judge the whole Libertarian Party based on a racist, please. Like it is, it is a very small, I mean, let's face it, the Democrats got their pedo race realist into the White House. Ours got barely got a control of this, of the one state social media messaging. So I don't want to talk about like how bad the Libertarian Party is right now. Like it's just, but at the same time, it's something that you feel you have to respond to, you know, like, and like you said, should I use it more Ev, as a, should I use it more as a pivot point and just being like, okay, I, I'm glad you're talking about race realism. Here's my feelings on it, which is counter to maybe that guy's feeling. And hey, at least he got the ball rolling. I guess I don't really love the way to get the ball rolling that way. I think I would rather get it rolling like in a way where it's like, hey, this cop murdered this black guy and it's like well, oh that's much easier for me to talk about you know <laughs> i will say with like the race realists and like and, and the people that put push the race iq stuff it, it's even wor like if you respond with outrage to that stuff that kind of reinforces their mentality and their and they're like it's like oh like this offends you because you're not thinking rationally you're thinking emotionally and that like emboldens like how right they think they are and so the best way to deal with those type of people is to actually just not get outraged with them not get defensive and just to be like um okay no like let's have a conversation about the science and i mean now if you don't if you're not informed about that stuff maybe that's hard but like you can kind of go like well no actually um you know there aren't groups of people who are inferior to others genetically like here's all the like if you're going to even you know like you you can even see the ground that like yeah sure there are if you if you uh iq test different groups of people um you might have different averages but like here are like the 12 like 12 environmental factors that we can go into that are extremely valid you know what i mean like there's just there's ways to have conversations with these people and push back against their racism without getting outraged because i think like for a lot of the people that are caught on that like that 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 alt-right spectrum they get emboldened when you respond to them with the outrage because it's just like, oh, look, it's the it's the libs and the woke people getting freaked out because like they're just not dealing with reality. So it's like you have to kind of cut off that fueling because that, that's how they're recruited. It's just like, look, no one's allowed to talk to this stuff. It's a giant conspiracy. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, um, you know, and, and I know it's hard to do that. Um, but but, you know, and, and then also just like which shift the topic a little bit. Just people who shitpost an edlord on Twitter all the time, that's what they're looking for, too, is attention and people to get outraged and pissed off. If you don't feed them, then, like, they don't, like, you know what I mean? It's like, don't feed the troll. <laughs> that's a saying for a reason, because, like, when you give them what they want and you give them that outrage, like, you're not being, you're not, uh, uh, you're incentivizing them to keep going. 
Sure. I just wish, I guess, the people in charge of the troll would stop empowering the troll, you know, type of thing, where you just like, how did, can you please, because I'm not feeding the troll, but somebody put the troll in that position, and it's like, well, that position, I'm supposed to pay attention to what they're saying, too. They're well, in a messaging position. I'll say you know? is like, and I, I say yeah. this on my podcast, I'll say you know it, so, so mm -hmm. I, know you, I know you know that I say this, but like, I think this is true of both the Libertarian Party and movement in general, and it's also true of the Mises Caucus, is that um, we're very decentralized by nature. Sure. Like, and I think there's a lot, a lot of times a perception on social media that there's more top down control than there really is. Like, like it, if anything, a more valid criticism of like the Macy's caucus might be that like, sometimes like the left hand has no idea what the right hand is doing. And like, sometimes people are just like going out and acting on their own individual like lanes and alleys. And there's not enough like internal communication and kind of like, you know, like, like self-policing to kind of be like, Hey, uh, let, you know, like we're we're kind of contradicting each other here. We're working against each other. We need to be a bit more. And you know, it's like that stuff. I think is going to get better over time. Um, but I think even the Libertarian Party, like, is you know partly shown by, um, like people have learned more about that through this whole uh, catastrophe. Is that it is kind of like decentralized. Like like the LNC basically has no official power or control over any of the affiliates except to just disaffiliate like that's all they got like their yeah. one weapon is to be like um oh affiliation done and if they don't do that it's just like they they, they really can't tell the the state affiliates what to do so that was one of the th that was something that blew my mind that i didn't like it, i didn't know i guess until recently that there was really no penalty for breaking the bylaws like in, in except for disaffiliation like uh, for me, I was just like, oh, so what's going to happen? Does this person step down? Does this person gets replaced? It's like, no, the only tool in the arsenal is dissolving them. Archie, welcome to the conversation, my friend. Glad to have you on. Uh, yes, for those watching, this is Archie and Jacob on the same show. So <laughs> <laughs> let's get ready to rumble. No, um, so I appreciate uh, I appreciate you coming in. Archie, well, I'm going to go ahead. I gave everybody else five to ten minutes to say whatever they want about it, the entire situation. And I will allow you the same. So five, 10 minutes. Uh, what do you, what do you think, buddy? Um, I'm going to say two things. Uh, say them very first slowly. Of all, first of all, I, I, I feel uh, we should have Ashley shade for the LNC chair. I'm going to give her a shout out. She will accept the nomination if nominated. And I think she would be a great uh, replacement at this time because she can lead with a tremendous amount of compassion. And the other thing I'm going to say, we can just summarize this all as TLDR cluster duck. It, it was the clusteriest of ducks. That's for sure. <laughs> yes. And the quacking is still going on. All right. Well, I mean, I, I guess I appreciate you making your thoughts so succinct. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, it was, it was hard to keep up with everything and honestly like you know like just um like i don't i don't you know I, like it's very it's very possible that i need to go back and 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 you know verify that i was wrong on that uh fact that i put like what i thought was true that financial data was stolen you know that's mm -hmm. what i heard several times but it's it's very possible i was wrong on that so i need to go fact check it and that speaks to the the nature of this entire thing being very much a, a cluster duck like uh like archie <laughs> put it because it's like when you're watching things happen live in front of you um and then we don't have this formal investigation that actually puts out all the facts it's like you're just you're trying to piece it together the best you can but it's i mean i know like um 
uh, like on Clubhouse, I talked to the Cajun libertarian a lot, and um, he had been staying out of all this because it was just like, ugh. but he, um, ironically, like <laughs> really, like really bad, but almost good timing. Before, like like months ago, before any of this happened, he had scheduled to have both Angela McArdle and Karen and Harlos on his show this week. And oh, so gosh. like then like all this stuff happened, and then he realizes like crap i was staying out of this but i have to interview these two people this week and i don't know what's going on so he had his producer reach out to me to be like hey so like we're interviewing these two people and we kind of feel like we need to like get someone to help us get caught up on everything that happened and they're like so you give us a summary of what happened and i was like how long do we have <laughs> i was like like you're asking me to condense like three three hour lmc meetings plus yep. like you know the karen ann harlos interviews what's like what's your problem jacob so I, I was like i compressed it <laughs> <laughs> they were going for the, the not the tldr they were looking for like the spark notes version <laughs> okay spark notes cluster duck exponential to cluster duck <laughs> I mean, it, it's a mess. And the thing is, is it's always been like kind of a mess. That's always been, it's always been a careful balance. Like I said, the LP, L, the LNC folks on the Chris Spangle show did a great job summarizing kind of the worst fights and how this doesn't even border on them, like close to one of the worst fights. Like they laugh about it and they're like, you know what, if you don't want an LPMC takeover, just outwork them. You know, if, if that's your big thing, get the, do what they do better. I don't know what to tell you, you know, like if you don't like the fact that they're recruiting from Turning Point USA or Republicans, then they probably won't like it when you recruit from, uh, you know, uh, the DNC or I'm trying to think of another crazy lefty organ, uh, the Young Turks. There you go. Young Turks fans, you know, and let's get them on here. And it's like, well, I think for me, it sounded not fun. And so that's why I don't play. But I, I have to accept then that that this is a party that will be played by the people who who want it, who want, who want to have that kind of fun. Right. It's, it's by the people who show up. I have enjoyed showing up. I no longer enjoy showing up and it's, it's partly enjoyment and partly just saying, I don't like showing up and having these feelings afterwards and having the anger. And it's just, I'm getting so many great results on the community level that I just can't justify myself participating on a political or even a state level. I just am having a great time working in my community, making people are more self-sufficient. A lot of times, not even with other libertarians, but if you just make it so that people stop, you know, here in Ogden, Utah, we had, um, we had a crackdown on the homeless. They, you know, the police said, you know, they actually took their tents and like burned them. Right. Like, it was just like, no, you're not living here anymore. And um, this was in it. They were occupying a, a, a public area that was completely unused it's by the highway. I've, I've detailed this before to those who followed me along. So I'm sorry if this is boring, but it's important to kind of this subject. But what happened is then they made it, they said it's illegal, then we'll ticket you if you give them clothing, shelter, or food. Well, being me and a few renegade libertarians were like, no, we're not going to not, we're not going to obey the law. So we're going to break the law and we're going to get donations. And we got a lot of donations. We even got some donations from folks that are not libertarians and just businesses that might be official. And we're like, yeah, we're going to give them their tents back. We're going to give them their clothing back and we're going to record you taking from them. So next time, if you try to do this, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. And libertarians are like growing. So the libertarian ide ideology is growing more popular, even though I never had to make the 
initiative about libertarianism, like as a philosophy, I just was like, we're going to take care of these people. And they look at the state and saw that the state actually tried to destroy these people. And they look at us and said, we acted against the state and we made these and we helped these people out. And so what has happened is there's a huge swell of a liberty movement here. I think I looked this up. The New York Times has like a folks near me, what political persuasion are they? And we had like a like a, I mean, we're almost 40% independent slash libertarian now, and it's going to grow here. None of that had anything to do with a political movement. I didn't even work with my local libertarian party to do it. It was just one of those things that I say, this is something that I'm good at. And here's the other point that I wanted to emphasize that they brought up on the LNC. They only want people who are good at it to do it. I'm not good at it. So it's okay for me to step aside. It's like saying like, sorry, coach, I can't play football for you. And you were like the fourth string kicker. They're like, uh, who? Okay. Bye. You know, like I was never good at it. So like for me, like this is, I think it's a very cleansing thing because I wasn't doing a good job being political anyway. People, people would always see me and they're like, Hody, I always hear, love to hear what you have to say. Will you work on my campaign? And then the campaign gets like 1% in the general election. And it's like, Sure, glad we hired that Hody kid. <laughs> you know, like, wanna, do not. I'm terrible at it. I'm awful. I want to say, as the former communications director who you worked under, I, I do disagree. I think you are an asset, and I appreciated the work that you did. And um, yeah, okay, it may have only been one percent. However, we still broke a crap ton of records in New York, and you had a big hand in that. So don't downplay it. I I appreciate you saying that, Lou. Um, may, if you feel I'm a, a, an asset, even in the political sense, like politically, I don't know. I just feel like my communications are better outside. But I accept and, that, and you that may be. But you you did a phenomenal job. You were the big boss, so I understand that, that you were. <laughs> I, I appreciate you. There it is, an endorsement from my ex-boss saying I do a good job. Appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, this this whole thing has really just further convinced me of what I've always believed, and this is why I'm in the Macy's caucus in the first place, which is that um, we are the party in the movement of decentralization, and our party needs to be run that way too. We should care infinitely more about our county parties than we do our state parties, and our state parties more than our than the the LNC itself. I mean, like, that's just the way I view it. I just think, you know, like, if, if we want government to be decentralized, if we want uh, people to to live in a society where, I mean, like, you know, and I know we have different uh, philosophies here. Like, I'm more of an ANCAP, Archie's more of a minarchist. But despite our differences there, which sometimes might seem like they're really far apart, we both probably want governing power and authority to, authority to be as local and as close to the people being governed as possible um so like if we want a a society that's like that we have to advocate for that society in a similar fashion i think if we advocate for decentralization through a centralized process i think that's not only going to muddy our message i think it's just not going to work because you can't you can't build a society that is bottom up through a mechanism that is top down I want to say, uh, Jared Hall, why do you hate me? <laughs> Jared said he nominates uh, Lou to replace him. Um, I, I think that's a no, Jared. That's a big no. But uh, I would, I, they would suspend me for violating decorum like day one. 
um but yeah no sam Sam, welcome back um brian we're we we got him hopping on as well he's actually got his video brian's coming in just a second as well brian was also hey here he is brian was very uh very much a part of uh boy i tell you on weird libertarians he was the guy who actually watched all the meetings for us appreciate it brian uh all that and i and i very much apologize I see that you've got some rope. If you could untie that for me. Uh, before yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> the but, the um, good thing is that they took me out of the 72 hour hold. So I don't need to be. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would volunteer for a 72 hour hold right now. Like that sounds like a spa. Weekend. I, I know. It, like why, why is this not a thing that it's more like a tourist attraction? Like, right. Right, so, solitary confinement sounds like paradise. Oh, it's not solitary. You have to be in there with all the other crazies. So um, that's the only other problem. <laughs> Brian, if I, I don't know everybody else. Of you people, I don't know. Right, right. By the way, solitary confinement's not a joke. The police suck. Yes, it's, I do. Should be banned. Sorry about those jokes, everybody. Uh, there you go. See, there's some bad jokes and bad messaging on my part. Jacob, screen oh. cap, send it to everywhere you need to send it to. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, I give everybody else five to ten minutes to talk about their feelings on the LNC drama as one of the most informed voices on the board. Why don't you give us your feelings on LPNH, LPNC, what you feel? And then after Brian gives his feelings, I want to talk just so everybody has this in their mind about the future. I think we're going to get about 20 minutes more on this episode. If I can have everybody just say what they feel the future of the Libertary will, will be and what they want it to be, I would, uh, I would appreciate that. Brian. Mine's really simple, and I hope that the normies out there and the and Mises and all that and anybody else who watches this, who are you trying to appeal to? Are you trying to appeal to people that you're already converted? Are you preaching to the choir? Are you trying to appeal to people outside the Libertarian Party? If you're trying to appeal inside, why? Because you've already got them there. They're already part of your caucus. They're already part of your group. We have a real problem with professionalism inside the LNC. I'm not going to blame Joe. Uh, I think he is. Uh, uh, I think he's a very professional person that was put into a trying to control a group of people who have not had to deal with decorum issues like that. And I know decorum's a, a dirty word. But I can tell you, watching that LMP meeting, if you cannot treat yourself as an officer in that meeting and not act like a two-year-old putting the dog up and everybody's like, boop, the dog, you know, and stuff like that. If you can't handle that kind of decorum, turn off your damn camera. Stop embarrassing yourself in front of the normies like me who sit there and go, this is ridiculous. This is the kind of stuff that I wouldn't do at work or, you know, maybe I'd do it with my family and stuff, but... Not this. So we really need some professionals to come in. And I don't mean political professionals. I'm talking about people who know, look, this is serious. We need to run a serious party. And, and I know if, if we want to run the silly party, you know, harking back to Monty Python or the, or the super, not so silly party, that's fine. Guess what? We're going to be at 0.1% very quickly. Yeah. Totally agree. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, and for what it's worth on my, on, my Facebook profile in my employment history. I am the secretary of the ministry of silly walks. And I think that is a really important piece of my resume that you all yes. need. To know. Don't go after the silly people, Brian. We have a place I, in this world. I, 
I, the silly people have a place. Yes. And I, I embrace it. Trust me. Every Monty Python reference, I am going to be there cheering it on. I, I, I honestly think sometimes it's only uh, in some of the chats I'm in. It's like me and one other person that totally get the reference to either Fish Called Wanda or something along those lines. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and yes, we're old. Okay, I get it. You know, it's what we grew up with. But the reality is, is that there, there is, yes, there's a time where you can make a comment and everybody goes, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah. But but you don't sit there and, like, go vote for my dog or, you know, or, or you know, dilatory, dilatory. It's... Stop acting like you're two. Start, start acting like a professional. And if you can't do it, that's fine. Take that energy and go out and recruit people with that energy. Don't be the leader of it because I got news for you. You're going to just recruit more silly people. And and you know what? I, I really want the LP to succeed. Um, but I'm also a firm believer in, in the, the growing, I think, at least uh, growing that I see it because I'm finding it more, I guess, uh, of the idea of selling liberty. It's incremental steps. Everybody either wants to be an anarchist, super libertarian, Mises, whatever. The reality is we aren't going to get there like that. And if we did, it's probably a very bad day in this country. If we're going to straight to anarcho or uh, anarcho uh, syndicalism, uh, you know, right off the bat. So anarcho gay space, luxury communism. No, no. I, I was thinking of what was it? Uh uh, Anarcho-syndicalist uh, anarcho commune. Now there's your obscure Monty Python reference. <laughs> you know, and I, I a... never thought that Monty Python would have such an impact on my political beliefs. <laughs> hey, hey, Brian. Yeah. Brian, that was yeah. never five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Your minutes rolled yeah. over to Brian. Yeah. I, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to make sure we don't miss out on getting to talk about the future. So just specifically, and, and this is, we're going to keep this, we're going to keep this limited to the Libertarian Party as a political mechanism, because I'm sure the Liberty future has a lot. But what do you see, either what do you predict or what do you want it to be? But talk about what you see as the future of the Libertarian Party or the Libertarian movement in politics. Archie, I'm going to start with you because you've been so, so sadly quiet. We would like to hear from you. Well, um, as a certain uh, Jedi Master once said, the future, always in motion it is. So I can't necessarily make a prediction as to where the uh, LP is going to be. I do feel optimistic because of a great many things I've seen lately, even though we're going through a very troubling time. I also see a, a new rallying around the good. I will say this. The future I want to see for the LP is I want to pull from Dems. I want to pull from, you know, Republicans. I want to pull from independents. And I want to pull from non-voters that have given up on the system because they feel the system has given up on them. And we can make the LP the political force it needs to be to truly challenge the cult of the omnipotent state if we make the LP the biggest possible tent that is still compliant with the non-aggression principle. All right. Message of hope from Archie. Sam, why don't we head over to you? What do you see as the future of the Lutheran Party? Um yeah, as far as like messaging, there's 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 different there's different ways. Um I know like with Trump, like the biggest thing with him is he didn't uh 
he didn't so much recruit more Republicans. He just um, made them, he worked up his voter base. Like he took his voter base and he made sure they went to the polls by just working them up over all these different things. So it's kind of a different, different strategy. Um, but that's, I think in a lot of ways, that's uh, what we need to do as libertarians. Like we're not, we're never going to get everyone. We're never going to get the majority. We need to get the most influential uh people and we need to get them invigorated and you know ready to roll and sort of have like a a little more of like a battle cry and less of a just uh, try to appeal to people more of like a hey we need to do this because this you know this nation that, that we have around us is crumbling and we need to do something so i think that's kind of where sort of pushing sort of maybe harsher language but maybe just bolder language just be bold and be honest about uh, what you want to accomplish. And I think a lot of that is happening already. Um, I know like even people like Michael Malice is getting super popular. His book on anarchy, super popular. People are looking, People politics has become the new sport. Part of it's because it's so in our lives. And part of it, that's awesome. And part of it is just because um, it, it, it's interesting. Like I gave up watching football for politics because it's you know i can watch my kids and pay attention to politics it's a lot easier than sitting in front of a tv for three hours it's the Washington so, elephants versus the washington donkeys <laughs> it is exactly and then like lp drama love it it's fun um i don't you know it's it's all often bad but it is entertaining i don't know um so <laughs> so i i see um basically like more people getting on joe rogan more people on ruben maybe some uh like more left-leaning people as well and sort of that sort of this new internet vibe of you know the corporate press just fading away a little bit more people interested in politics that matter you know like the wealth power and influence more powerful people maybe more wealthy people like get those people on board and uh i think this the if we shoot for the star uh moon will uh likely fall amongst the stars. So I think uh, shooting for anarchy, let's let's do it. Awesome. Thank you, Sam. Lou, future of the Libertarian Party. Dumpster fire. No. <laughs> That's the present. Sorry. Um, no, I really, it's kind of twofold for me, right? Like what I want and what I'm seeing happening the current trajectory are two very different things. Um, I do. I'm going to be, I'm going to be that person. I'm going to kind of blame Trump. Right. So like there's, you know, we talk about a big tent and we talk about how polarized and like tribalistic politics is, and just how that has grown. So exponentially more so just in the last few years and what I see right now. And while in general, I don't disagree with Sam on bold messaging. I'm a, I'm a big fan of bold messaging, but I see a lot more bad messaging coming from libertarians or people who claim to be libertarians. <laughs> um, and I can't, or people who don't I mean, claim it, to be libertarians that have libertarian handles, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> so, I don't know. And that's emboldening more and more of 
specific groups of people, I guess, that I find myself more and more in disagreement with, um, particularly on social issues. And so I'm just, I'm really struggling with that. I think we're, we're catching a lot of the like leftover Trumpers that, you know, and there's sort of this bastardization of what libertarian is among bigger politicians, right? Like Rand Paul and um, some of those guys that wear libertarian, but they're very, very clearly Republican and very conservative. Um, And it just doesn't, I don't know. I think we're just attracting the wrong kind of people. It's not going the way I thought it would. And I'm having a real, it's harder and harder for me to wear the name or the label libertarian, you know, and I think Hody may be able to relate this same reason I struggle sometimes with the label Christian. Like, have you seen Christians in America? (laughs) Kind of jackasses. (laughs) Like, you know... That's only most of them, Lou. Come on. Right. I, I was going to say, there's a lot of them all over the world that are jackasses. So oh, the United yeah. States does not have a monopoly on jackasses. No, no, it doesn't. We, But we're real loud about it. <laughs> Hody, is it a Thanks thing that, that Christians tip less? Like, I've heard that. No. No. Okay. Come on. No. 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 I mean, you're... Now, I don't want to get into this because there are demographics of people that do tip less, and that gets in kind of a territory we don't want to get into. But uh, I, I, ha- I will say this. I've yet to have a cur- server come up just to me and be much. like, oh, damn it. The Catholic mass just got out. Get ready. We're well, I guess you stiffed. don't always know either. So. Yeah. Right. And every every server has different experiences like this one. Jackie says yes. So there we go. Baptist is tip low. There you go. Okay, there's our demagoguery for the day. Baptist oh. tip. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's okay. Uh, we duck when they pass the offering plate too. Like right. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're yeah we're uh, we're cheap with our own people too. It's not just you guys. <laughs> right. Nothing personal. <laughs> Brian, excellent mind work. Lou, go ahead and finish up, and then we'll turn it to Jacob. Um. Yeah. So I. I don't know. It, it seems to be at the moment going in a direction that is not what I want to see. It's not where I fall. So I'm separating myself from the political arm, so to speak. And yeah, that's where we're at. Okay. Now that you've got Jacob feeling good about the people he's kicking out. No, I'm kidding. Jacob. <laughs> I, I love having fun with him. I don't know. It's just fun. Jacob, go ahead and give us your thoughts. Libertarian Party is a political mechanism. All right. Um, I got two things I want to say, and I'll try to make them very, very quick. Um, one, and I've kind of already said this, but I'll just kind of repeat it again. Um, the future has to be decentralization, in my opinion. Um, we, we have to stop thinking that we all have to do the same thing and really really both my points are kind of the same like decentralization and and kind of like a division of labor because like there isn't one way that's going to be successful in terms of bringing more people into the movement and and like i'm kind of like with hody in terms of like my focus really isn't the party my focus is the movement because i don't think that um 
like my involvement in the political party of the, the the political wing of the libertarian movement is not because I think the way to liberty is to just slowly grow from one to five percent, five to ten, and to think that we can uh, get a libertarian president into Washington and that he's going to rain down freedom upon the entire country. Like I don't think that again, I don't think uh, libertarianism can be top down. I think that we need a decentralization revolution. I think that we need more people to embrace the philosophy of liberty. And I think that, um, like, what's the saying? Politics is downstream of culture. We we aren't going to have a libertarian society if it's filled mostly with people who aren't libertarians. So ultimately, our goal has to be spreading the message and getting more people to reject centralization, more people to reject uh, authoritarianism and, and, and to reject uh you know the omnipotent call to the state we need to uh promote voluntarism we need to promote social cooperation we need to promote free markets uh we need to push back against the the atrocities that the state is doing and i really think that there's a lot of people who are open to our message who who they aren't there in terms of like the actual like they're not educated on the philosophy but their intuitions and like the cultural uh, zeitgeist going on right now i think really is uh, leaning towards uh, like, like like breaking in our favor and that we can capitalize on that. But we all have different strengths. We all have different uh, people that we're involved in, different spheres of influence, different uh, ways of going about things. And it's like um, I, I often compare advocating for liberty to like when the, uh, the abolitionist movement. And, you know, like slavery, there wasn't like a day where there was uh, slavery and then like the next day suddenly – all the slaves were set free and also like racism and bigotry and and you know other forms of of oppression were eliminated you you don't um so like change is kind of gradual but you don't get gradual change by by pushing for gradual change i think i think you kind of need you get gradual change by having a group of people who are loudly uh pushing for radical change by saying like kind of like what um samuel said it's like that saying where you shoot for the moon and if you miss you land among the stars it's like if you're aiming low you will always not only miss low but like like you're going to miss that and, and get even lower we need to be pushing um and i'm not saying bad messaging but radical messaging and we need to be pushing um libertarian values and not be ashamed of them and and and, and to do that in effective ways and, and to remember that we're not all going to do it in the same way. We're probably going to have different priorities, different issues, different methods, different tactics. And that again, that goes back to decentralization, which is that, um, you know, we're not always going to agree on on what we're doing. But but I think that the less time we spend fighting each other over how we fight for liberty and spend more time focusing our energies towards actually fighting for liberty um, that's what's going to make the party successful, but but more so, it's going to make the movement successful, and and that's what I want. Awesome, cool, uh, Brian. What do you think is going on? What happens to the Libertarian Party as a political mechanism going forward? Less people's front of Judea, more Judean people's front. That's what's going on. It's 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 silly. I, I'm going to take the opposite stance of what I said about the leadership. I want big tents. I want the crazies. I want the anarchists. I want the syndicalists. I want the Marxists. I want the Democrats, Republicans, everybody. There's some things that we all, and especially after COVID, can kind of agree upon now. And we also remember societal change is slow. 
uh, it, it's never fast enough, quoting Neil Pert. Um, uh, and now I'm going to script quote here. Um, progress. Has, I know progress has no patience, but something has to give. Um, and, and and there are things that we should definitely give on, um, saying racial, you know, equality, things like that. That makes perfect sense in a libertarian uh, framework and, and something we should be embracing. Having the government as the arbiter, that gets a little fuzzy. But then we get to the things that we do agree upon. Uh, school choice. Uh, that Honestly, after COVID, how many parents have had their kids home all year in blue states are suddenly going to go, yeah, you know what? I'm glad the teachers stayed home, got immunized, and still didn't take my kids back to school. Yeah, that was really great. Uh, term limits. How many people, I, I can tell you this much, almost all of my Democrat friends, not all of them, but a good chunk of them, are like, yeah, Nancy Pelosi's been there a while, you know, and they can get behind the idea of term limits, uh, school choice, term limits, drug legalization. Honestly, the federalization of drug legalization, I'm not talking the federal government, I'm talking the states coming in and using their power to eventually legalize marijuana and, and other drugs eventually is something I never thought I'd see in my lifetime. The, the 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 joke of the guy standing outside the pot shop going, "Hey, want to buy a pack of Newports?" I mean that that's to me that's is no is, joke. That it is. I mean seriously, <laughs> it's it, it it's so embracing. But those are the things that that those are the liberty ideals that your normies, your crazies, your Democrats, your Republicans, your Marxists, everybody else can kind of go, yeah, that's stupid. And if you can get them to take that first step towards liberty. Yes, you can have your goals and say, we want to be here. We want to be here. But I got news for you. You can't tell everybody they want to be here because I got news for you. There's a lot of people that want to be here. They want to be down lower. They want to be on the other side of the field. But if you can take them that step forward and sell that liberty to them in just a couple of things, you would be surprised. And, and the last thing I'll say about it is I am a big fan of, of as little government as possible, but I'm also a big fan of getting it away from the feds. If you push things to the states, social programs, education, put it actually in the charge of those things, it's going to be amazing how many times we're going to find better ways to do it. We have 50 laboratories of democracy in this country. Let's freaking use them. Yes. Brian's a minarchist. Everybody crucify him. Yep. Um. <laughs> no, but like as an anarchist, I agree with you because even in an, like anarchy doesn't mean that there's absolutely no organization or hierarchy. Right. There's that's more. Not, uh -oh. That's Hold what I was start. promised. <laughs> there's more. It's even more organized and all of that. So no way. I mean, like the whole rules, but no rulers and like, yeah, yeah like we need, we need to have that debate. Uh, on a podcast someday, we do like a healthy. Oh, debate, yeah, not a. Oh, not, yeah. You know, I, I got the popcorn. Fun. I only do unhealthy debate, um, and Sam actually has popcorn. Wow. I, I, <laughs> can I can I actually well. say something? <laughs> yeah, I would go love ahead. to say something. Um, I think I might become an anarchist right here, right now, but I'm gonna make, but I'm gonna make my own flavor of anarchy, an anarcho lake swordist. You 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 get you get chucked. Uh, a sword out of a lake, and you are the ruler for life. Look here. Some watery tart tosses you a scimitar. It doesn't make you. Sounds like anarcho-monarchism. Uh, anarcho yeah, this is... No, it's anarcho-monipythonism. Yeah. Yes. Anarcho-monarchism anarcho is already what Liberty Hangout's doing, right? I think they got dibs yeah. on that whole... I think that's a trademark thing. You have to call it something else. I'm oh, the monarch right. of one. 
There you I, go. I, monarchy of one i mean realistically let's think about this we're the monarchy and if someone decides to follow you that's great but they have to have free will to be able to leave yeah and right. that's, that's where it all gets down to is free will i'm quoting rush again i'm sorry i'm not talking rush limbaugh i'm talking neil peart oh, okay. um so um but that's what it gets down to is that we embrace free will and there are a lot of people that embrace that a lot of people have been put under the boot uh, throat, just whatever you want to call it of government and saying that, look, you know what, we can wrap up, you know, like saying you have choice, uh, because the government has said, uh, two corporate overlords can two corporations can, can buy for your uh, affection. Guess what? That's not competition. So we have real competition all of a sudden. Boom. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Uh, Archie, we love you, already, you too, Ashley. Sorry. Yeah. Archie, you already <laughs> issued a, uh, a a support for Ashley Shade. I will back you up on that. I don't speak for everybody on the show, and I only speak for myself, but Ashley Shade. I may be out of politics, but I can still endorse people, darn it. And mm -hmm. Ashley Shade right. gets my end. Oh, right. <laughs> they claim dibs on me. Uh, I mean, people might not have seen that. Did you guys see? It's I, I was part of that one debate where the person said, no, you're an anarchist. You just don't know it yet. Larkin Rose. And then I did a debate with Jack Neeson where he's like, no, you're a socialist. You just don't know it yet. It's, everybody wants dibs on me. Like, I think, and now I'm now I'm in the Mises caucus. I had I'm no an anarcho-socialist. Right. I just, and here I, here I was like, oh, I just love Adam Smith so much but apparently did, did you hear the capital. waffle house caucus is taking over it is yeah, buddy hey, so don't, don't, don't um don't underestimate the seafood caucus man they're they're new uh, uh, if you could say anything grosser than the Mises caucus jacob just did it the barbecue smoker caucus you know I, I yeah i mean i think we get a lot uh, of now you're speaking hody's language i know oh i've got i've got a huge pellet smoker out there it's about you know it's got about five racks i could probably do about maybe eight ten racks of ribs i think i can get y'all converted over you just gotta come to indiana which lou it's not that hard for you but yeah right. i'm gonna be i'm gonna be in indiana next month i know uh, we get to meet okay okay great yeah we're gonna get to meet uh okay Wrapping up the show, of course, I get the last word. Fantastic, because I'm amazing. Um, uh, and mine will be the right voice. So all those previous, sorry about that previous hour and 52 minutes. I don't know what that was about. Oh. This is, here, is the, here is the correct, no, here is the correct point of view. No, I mean, it's a lot of mix. It's kind of a mix of what my, uh, my pals here had to say. Um, it's not necessarily for me. And here's the thing. I don't think that's a bad thing. One of the most hopeful messages that I got from listening to the members of the LNC with their combined 158, 153, whatever it was, years of experience, they said, listen, when the people left in 1983, they went and formed the Cato Institute, which did more work for libertarianism than our party has ever done. And then there was another schism, and those people went on to found antiwar.com, which has done more work than our party has ever done as far as spreading the ideals of liberty. If there's a mass exodus of people, it's normal, and it could spring into something really awesome. So, and and something that when we talk about Jacob used this example, and I, I love it. I use it still today. But we talk about the division of labor within the liberty movement. We can, maybe we all can't focus on every issue all the time. Although this show is a variety show and tries to talk about all of it, um, there are a lot of people who are just like, you know what? My issue is economics. My issue is trans rights, my issue, you know, and you just have one thing. That's totally cool to do your one thing. We just shouldn't disparage the other sides from doing their thing. So I'm not going to 
I don't want the talking trash about the LP to be, that's not like my new identity. It's just talking about tra trash about them and whatever they do. I'm just going to go on to do something else. And it's probably something that can help the Libertarian Party out better by me doing something else. Like it's better for them in the long run. It's better for, for me in the short term and probably the long run. Because I'll just be doing what I'm more successful at. Um, I'm going to go ahead and bring my faith into here because why the heck not? We talk about the church being the body of Christ and everybody has a different part of that body. We have some people who are eyes, some people are feet, some people are hands, some people are gifted at healing, some people are gifted with wisdom, some people have the gift of foresight. We have just different people that are good at different things. It's all a matter of everybody in their place. And where things break down and where I get upset, and this is probably 99% of the people that I have blocked are saying, I can't believe that you would be okay with this person. I can't believe that you would be okay with that person. I can't believe you're not my friend if you're also their friend. You you can't be this over here. Just because you can't reach a person doesn't mean that person is unreachable. I will witness to a, I have had people talk to me before who say I am a racist. I found myself in these circles. Here's what's going on. And I, I had this in my mind and I'll admit I'm still a moral human being. I thought, should I screenshot this and send it to all my friends and be like, kill this guy, you know, like kill him. He's a racist. He's terrible. This is advice of all people that comes from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who said that racists, they found this insular thing. And so when you push them away, they just get more insular. What you need to do is you still challenge them on their ideas, but you give them a new group to be a part of and say, listen, I want you to hang out with my group and I want to work on that. And it's a twofold thing. You have to get them out. You have to give them a new group, a new lifestyle. You have to say, listen, hang out with my people, hang out with my friends, have lunch with me, have, do this project with me, give them a new part of identity to belong to. And the other part of that is you actually have to challenge them on their views and not just be like, yeah, they're racist, but whatever. You know, you try to say like, no, listen, like, I love you, man. And that's why this is such a big problem. Like I, I this needs to, this is in, incompatible with, you know, my views with, with this whole identity here and what you're going to do. And so we still challenge them on, on their ideas, but we still give them a new group and a new identity to be a part of. And I have extended that to many people who have taken me up on the offer. And we have a fantastic family, not just in the, in my Liberty movement, in the We Are Libertarians network. You may be looking at one of the six faces on your screen and say, I know that person. I really like that person. And that's part of my, that's somebody who I consider and part of my community. And that's awesome. Like that is, that's so cool to have that community and then say, okay, so I know that I'm not going to have no friends if I leave my racist or sexist or homophobic or whatever it is, your little zone, right? Like people want, need to know that they're moving on to something. They're not just going to move away from their bad thing if the bad thing is feeding them into nothing that won't feed them, you know, and into just saying that I, I don't know, it's dangerous out there. We're human beings. Yes, we can say nobody should be racist because you're just a big fat dummy if you're racist, but we're all humans and we understand what loneliness is and we know what it's like to be lonely and despair and sad and have anxiety. And if you don't, it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for humans to be alone. So if we're all alone and we just say, good, you denounced all the people that I hated, but you're not my friend afterwards. What, what good is that? You know, like they're not going to do it. So if we're actually trying to change hearts and minds, that's really the right way to reach people is by reaching out to them, challenging them on their bad beliefs, bringing them in, telling them about some new and super exciting beliefs. I truly believe that the, 
gospel of liberty. Gospel is good news. And I preach liberty like good news. It's not bad news. And there are some people who are just like, sorry, sorry, woke, sorry, Democrats, sorry, Republicans, sorry, alt-right, sorry that it's bad news for, you know, bad news, bad news. And they just want to lead with the bad news and telling you who's not going to survive in a libertarian society, as opposed to who is going to thrive in a libertarian society and who's going to do really well. And all these examples, if you've read Healing Our World uh, by Mary Ruart, it's just a fantastic book about the practical applications of liberty. If you add just a small dose of liberty, the incredible amount of healing that occurs in medicine, in healthcare, in in uh, college, in social security and retirement, in in anything that you can name, liberty is a boon and it is helpful. And and just the slightest amount of free market anything takes like is willing to compensate for a whole mountain of statist garbage economics. You know, you have just you give them a little niche and they invent like the internet and something something wild like that. And, and this is just what liberty is. It's this amazing community that is full of great people. And maybe there are some people who don't get along with, and you just got to throw them on the block and just say, I can't, whatever. People get mad when I show up at, or, you know, my local Republican mean, meeting or mad when I show up with, you know, to meet with my local Democrats or at my college. Cause those are the wokes. Those are the alt-righters. Those are the people that voted for Trump votes. Those are the people that voted for Biden once. They're never reachable. They're all evil. They condone that evil, blah, 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 da, da, da. I don't care. You're, you're an idiot. If you can't make a convert, you're use, you know, they talk about useful idiots. You're a useless idiot. I, you don't do anything, you know, like you don't make the party better. You don't make the movement grow. And I have no use for you. I just, I just don't because these people are reachable. I am successful at reaching them and turning them into libertarians. You might not be as successful and I don't deny your firsthand experience, but then turn it over to somebody who is. That's why I talk about this complete body. I'm not the best at everything either. There are some people who ask, I, I got to tell you here, and I love economics more than almost anything in the world, but I could read a thousand books on monetary theory and not get it. And so I leave that to some people that are just like, I'm like, okay, so it's okay to, to take a loan, but as long as the loan doesn't exceed that, there's all these math equations and I, I kind of get the general concept and I've read about it and it just, it still hurts my brain. And you know what? That's okay. Because I can be like, oh my gosh, I'm, I know a really cool th person who's, you know, his name's Chris Galt. He knows a lot about monetary theory. You should really talk to him. Great. Have a reference there. Okay. Maybe you don't know much about the trans rights situation. Hey, I have a kid who's growing up trans. I want to make sure they're taken care of. I don't know much about that issue. Let me tell you about somebody who does, who can give you that good news. We're not called, the reason there were multiple apostles isn't because one apostle does it all. We're not all Swiss army knives. Everybody does a good thing and you just have to have them organized and in their place. Do what you do best, be in the right place for you. If that's the Libertarian Party, fantastic. If that's not the Libertarian Party, also fantastic. If you need to step away from a minute, fantastic. If you want to get involved right now because you're really excited about the direction it's going, fantastic. That's fine. I think the issue is when we start burning bridges, destroying personal relationships and creating unreasonable standards that divide us rather than unite us. And that's when we get a problem. And I understand wanting to create division from certain people and that's fine. Throw them on your block list, never deal with them again. As Jacob said, stop throwing logs on the fire, stop making them important, stop calling attention to them. If you truly feel that they're destructive, you know, I throw, I threw Jackie Perry on my block list and my life has just been infinitely happier since. I don't deal with her. You know, she doesn't, she's no longer a negative influence in my life. I don't have to talk about her anymore. I'm talking about her now. So I'm sure some people are going to look her up. And so that's a mistake. 
Oops. I guess I'll learn better from next time. All right, everybody, thank you so much for joining, for coming in. Jacob, Archie, Samuel, Brian, Lou, I appreciate you all very much and for showing up. I know this podcast takes a lot. It's a whole weekly thing. For Lou, boy, she has spent the majority of her past two days with me, and she's even been visiting family, so I appreciate that. Um, but uh, I just want to say, listeners, I love you all. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Share, rate, subscribe, like. Give me cut. Give me kisses. Everybody here could use some kisses right now. Everybody's in. Everybody's hurting. Send some love to everybody you know, and we will talk to you later. See you, everybody. <laughs>